Praise God. By the way, as a point of order, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda, do not dismiss the children till after the offering. Amen? Because if the children, we want to teach our children to be givers. And uh, what better way than them to knock their dad and their mom and say, do you got an extra loony, mom or dad? And uh, teach them how to give. Hallelujah. We got, uh, I want, I've asked uh, Brother John if he would share for a couple moments um, this morning. We're excited to have him Tuesday nights, 7 o'clock, introduction to evangelism, evangelism 100, and it's open to everybody. Can I have a show of hands, just if you're interested to come on the Tuesday night? i just like to get an idea, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, there's at least ten. Listen, you are welcome to come. I strongly recommend you come for all of them because they will be taught and, and continually and sequentially and be uh, on top of each other. So Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, that's introduction to evangelism. And then Thursday night is a little bit more hardcore. Um, I think he'll have us dressed in prophet wear and we'll go through the town of Abbotsford <laughs> witnessing... <laughs> He brought the robes, all right. <laughs> He's going to teach us how to eat locust. Um, <laughs> John the Baptist. I, that's something I learned in Bible in Sunday school. Thursday night, 7 o'clock, I've, I've talked to a number of you. Um, there's been a number of you that I've talked with that I know that evangelism is something that's on your heart. Um, it's a passion, it's a desire, and uh, Thursday night, we're going to do what we call Evangelism 200, and that's going to be a little bit more intensive, a little more specific, some more hands-on training, some more detail. Um, there might be some um, exercises involved or planned um, excursion to practice what we're learning. You know, you can learn everything, but if you never do it, it does no good. So we don't want to just hear it, we want to be able to learn how to do it. And then on the weekends, next weekend, next Saturday, um, we will be going up to Lillooet. And we, we might even go Friday night, we're not 100% sure, but we're going to be meeting with the pastor, he's with Pastor Nelson right now in Costa Rica. So next weekend, there will be some people, a couple, uh, one or two couples that will be going up at least on the third uh, Saturday. And then uh, the following weekend, we'll be here in Abbotsford on May 17th, that weekend, May 16th, um, we're going to do some evangelism in Abbotsford. So we're going to get out of our comfort zone, and we're going to share God's love with people. Amen? So that is on May the 16th, Saturday, May the 16th. There may be some other events or things happening. By the way, if you want to get together with John, um, get a hold of him. He's available for coffee. Um, if you want to take him out for coffee, you've got questions about evangelism. 
Here, here's somebody that you can talk to. If you've got questions and you say, this is what I feel, but what do I do about it? John would be a great individual to talk to, to take him out for coffee, have him over for dinner, and pick his brain. Ask him questions. Get to know him. Share with him. Hear his heart. Because that's how you learn. That's how you grow. Sometimes I, I found when I was with Pastor Nelson, I would sometimes help him, um, not sometimes, oftentimes, we would have to clean the toilets, literally, clean the toilets and clean the septic and the sewage. I learned more with Pastor Nelson in the stinky situation. <laughs> I learned more doing those things than I did necessarily sitting in a classroom. Classroom knowledge is great, but there's something about an inter interaction and an interchange that happens that you grow from and that you learn from. So I want to encourage you, John is available for coffee, for lunch, um, pardon me, not to clean toilets, no, no, um, yeah, but invite him out, invite him for coffee, invite him out for dinner and ask him, hey, you know, would you like to come over and, and get to know him? So um, he's available, he's here with us, um, Mondays, he's not available, okay, he gets a day off. So, so mon Mondays, six days shall you work and the seventh day rest. No, but Mondays, um, he gets some time to rest and relax. And then Fridays, he prepares to travel. So I would suggest to you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Those three days are the best days to get a hold of him. And, and talk to him about Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. All right? Why don't you come share if God's put something on your heart. I want you to, I want to release you, I want to receive what God has, and uh, you ready to receive something right now? Amen. Awesome. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. Doing good? It's okay. Can I walk down here? Is this all right? Yeah. Do you mind? Am I, am I supposed to stay up here? <laughs> I'll stay up here. You just had this look of disappointment, like, oh, great. You know, so I'll stay up here. You know, I'll, uh, I'll be obedient. I'll be, uh, I'll be a good preacher. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm really excited to be here with you guys. You know, I'm, uh, God put in my heart, you know, just to, uh, I talked with Pastor David about this, you know, about uh, coming down and, and, and doing a month of evangelism training with you guys. You know, and, and for the last few years now, God's put on my heart to start an internship revolving around evangelism. And then when I was praying about this, God said, this is going to be the, the prototype of how it's going to work for you in the future. So, yeah, this, as I was just driving down here, actually, uh, from Red Deer, Alberta, you know, God just dropped that out of my heart, and he said, it's going to be a prototype for what he's going to be, how we're going to work with me for the internships in the future. And I just want to encourage you guys, you know, the anointing is not necessarily taught, but it's caught, right? You need to rub shoulders with people who carry the anointing that you see that you want. You know, and I know evangelism is a scary thing. You know, I do it for a living. You know, I love soul winning. I, I travel around the world. I was just in Korea last week, you know, and I just finally got over jet lag, praise God. And, uh, you know, and... Uh, and even in the midst of all that, you know, there's still, uh, when it comes to evangelism, there's always a scary element. You know, I always relate evangelism to a roller coaster. You know, I, I used to live down in Tampa, Florida, where they have Bush Gardens, which is, in my opinion, the best amusement park in the entire world. And I just love roller coasters. I would go, if I had to go to that part of town, I would leave an hour or two earlier to meet with pastors or go to a church meeting to preach or whatever, just so I could ride a couple roller coasters. All right? <laughs> Like it was, it was great. So I go to the meetings, my hair just slipped back, and 
You know, so uh, I, I stopped doing that after a while. But I, and I realized that at the first ride of the day, I was terrified. I was just dreadfully terrified. My knees were having fellowship together while I'm waiting in line. You know, they really were. And friends of mine would take me to Bush Gardens just to watch me scream and freak out. Like, I, I grew a reputation in Bush Gardens for two things. I was the guy who screamed like a little schoolgirl. Like, the, the right attendants, I went there so much, they actually began to know me. Right? They would actually watch the, they'd point at me and say, that's the guy. Just watch, just watch him scream. Right? Like, as soon as I would sit down, the barrier, the, the barrier, the restraints would come down. <laughs> as soon as you hear the click, I was screaming, freaking out. You know, and then it starts taking off, and then you hear the clicking of the going up. You know, the click, click, click. The clicks of, from, sounds like the pits, straight from the pits of hell. You know, and they're going, I'm screaming hysterically. Everyone's laughing at me. You know, but also got known for a second thing was just praying the sick in Bush Garden as well. Right? But, and, uh, and I always relate, like, evangelism to roller coasters because there's always that initial fear. The first one of the day, I was always terrified. But as soon as you start going down uh, that first drop, I, my fear went from terror, like sheer terror, I'm praying for the rapture, you know, to instant joy and just excitement and delightment. You know, and sometimes evangelism is the same way. You know, God might drop it in your heart and say, hey, I want to go talk to that person. I want to go pray for that person. Your knees start having fellowship together. You want to scream and run away the other direction. But God keeps on pulling it on your heart. And it's, it's really when you take that first step, that first step, you just you purpose it within your heart. And you say, you know what, I'm going to go do what God wants me to do. All of a sudden, boldness begins to come. It says in Proverbs 28.1, it says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Oh, it's not good. You know, we know according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we are the righteousness of God. You know, so we have a direct access into boldness. You know, and boldness is just like any other anointing. You have to step into it to activate it. You know, you could sit there and say, well, I'm believing God to heal the sick. Well, how many of you know you have to go pray for the sick before you see the sick get healed? Right? I'm waiting for the day healing comes. Well, how many sick people have you prayed for? Well, I'm waiting for the day healing's coming. Oh, guess what? It's not going to come. No, so we have an ancient access into boldness, being the righteousness of God. No, there's an access there that we have. And, and people might, they might think, well, I'm just a shy and timid person. That's, that's just who I am. Well, that's just your personality. It's not your identity. Right. Well, your, your personality is the outcome of situations and environments you might have grew up in. You know, and, and your identity is who God says you are. And God says you're there by righteousness, therefore you are bold. You know, so don't let fear stop you. At least, the very least what you can do is come out and get trained. Yeah. The very least, come out and get some practical keys on how to reach your neighbors. You know, practical keys, how to activate boldness. Practical keys on how to pray for the sick. How to break the ice when you're talking to people. That's usually the hardest thing, you know, and uh, the biggest fear people have is realizing, how do I just approach someone to talk to them about the gospel? How do I go from, okay, I want to talk to this person to, okay, hey, do you know Jesus? All right, so come on out uh, on, on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. You know, because Pastor uh, uh, said that the Tuesday is going to be a little bit more introductory, a little bit more theory, if you would. And, and Thursday, we'll get right down into the practical aspects of it. We're going to teach you how to prophesy, how to lay hands on the sick, you know, how to uh, give words of knowledge, how to get words of knowledge, how to release them, you know, how to lead people to Jesus, how to baptize them in the fountain downtown. You know, why not, right? There's no better way of solidifying someone's salvation by getting them baptized as soon as they get saved. Think about that. You know they made a serious commitment when they get baptized, you know. So especially the fountain downtown, it's fantastic, you know. So, you know, and I really believe that the best way to activate someone in ministry is through this five 
simple steps. You know, the first thing I always tell people is, I'm going to do it, and you're going to watch me do it. And then I'm going to do it, and you're going to help me do it. Then we're going to do it together. And then you're going to do it, I'm going to help you, and then I'm going to watch you. And seriously, every single time you follow that stuff, those simple keys, you see instant activation, you see instant transformation, and you just see people launching all, uh, just launching themselves into their ministry, and in this aspect, into evangelism. You know, because I want to see you guys, you know, giving words of knowledge, praying for the sick, leading people to Jesus, and really just being revival in Abbotsford and wherever you go. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16 that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That word temple literally means holy of holies. Oh, it's not good. You know, the priests of the Old Testament had to go from outside of the presence and work their way through the three chambers, three courts, if you would, ceremonial washings and all that stuff, and worked their way into the glory of God. And if they weren't just quite right, just not quite clean enough, God would kill them. <laughs> you know, but now we carry the glory. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and now we just simply have to release it. And I believe the first key of doing that really is just by renewing our minds. According to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Paul says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Now the word transformed is such a good word right there. I love that word. It's the same word to use to describe Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration. Do you remember that when Jesus is sitting there with uh, his three disciples, Peter, John, and James, and, and all of a sudden, there's Elijah, there's Moses, right? And then Peter makes his great statement, Hey, let's build three tabernacles. Not too sure what he was thinking there. He had fisherman brain or something, I don't know. And uh, anyway, it said that Jesus was transfigured. He started shining white like the snow. All right, so I still believe by just beginning to, the first step is just changing our mindsets. You know, and I believe one aspect is changing our mindsets towards evangelism and our role in evangelism. You know, it says in Ephesians 4 that God gave the fivefold, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, and the pastors for the equipping and the maturing of the saints. It doesn't say he gave the evangelist to go win souls. Yes, it's a function of the evangelist, but the primary function of the evangelist is to train the church to become evangelists. If you are part of the church, you are, you are a requirement and expectation from you from heaven to be trained in evangelism so you can go out and be a light in the midst of darkness. Amen? Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Praise God. You can turn in your Bibles. I'd like to spend a few minutes this morning. I want to look at a few verses. If you could turn in your Bibles, first of all, to 1 Corinthians 13. I want to talk about love. When John was sharing and he was talking about releasing the glory of God, basically the glory of God, the goodness of God is His love. It says, God is love. It says that in, in 1 John. And, and as we take this next month to look at evangelism, what we're also going to do is we're going to learn how to share His love. We're going to learn how to share His love with others. And as a basis of that, I wanted to spend a couple weeks talking about love. Next Sunday, when uh, Sean Boltz is here, he has an amazing revelation on love and he will just rattle your cage. When he talks about love, he talks about love in ways and thoughts that it's just amazing and it's profound. And, uh, and he will sh challenge you and, and rattle you to think about love and to look at God's love in ways 
that I don't think we've thought of much before. Quite often when we think of love, we think of love in ways that we've seen it and heard it and experienced it. But what we need to do is we need to start thinking in love in terms of God. So quite often when we think of the term love, and, and if I say the word love, all of us have different pictures. And most of us, not all of us, but most of us have the picture of love in relationship to what I've experienced. And that's, not, that's, that's natural, that's not uncommon, because it's how I experienced love, how I experienced something, is how I now uh, apply it, think about it, and relate to it. And I think sometimes we as believers, we take that mentality and we bring that into relationship into the kingdom. And now we have love with strings attached. I'm going to change this mic Trevor, this one I think is the battery is a little dead. With strings attached. Because that's how we've grown up. We've grown up with love, but the love that's been expressed to us has almost, it's, it's been a, an incorrect love. It's been a defective Love. It's been a love that says, I'll do this if you do that. It's a love that is based on performance. It's a love based on this. It's an, a love based on, on value of money, value of, of friendship, value of this. And what happens is we have taken that thought process into the kingdom of God and we look at God and somehow now we think of God as I have to do, do, do. I think of God as value this, value this. And God says, no, I'm just love. So last week I, I tra- challenged you and we shared on, on love and I was trying to get to the root of love, And I've got a couple more verses this morning I want to read. First of all, 1 Corinthians 13, because if there's one chapter in the Bible that describes love amazingly well, you start in 1 Corinthians 13. And then we're going to go to a couple other verses. But I want to just read this to you, and I want you to see a description of love, and we're going to read just the first seven or eight verses. But I want you to see an expression of love. I want you to think about this. You can close your eyes, but I want you to experience and, and, and meditate on these words. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but don't have love, I'm nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but don't have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. Love is not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. 
Love does not take into an account a wrong suffered. Love does not rejoice in righteousness, but love rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. That's the basis of our relationship. And, and when you're reading this, this is a picture of God. Because the word that we read is a description of our Savior, Jesus. It says in John 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when you read the word, what you're doing is you're reading a description of how Jesus is, how Jesus thinks. Sometimes people say, well, I wish God would speak to me. Have you read his word? Because his word speaks. So when we read this, what we're doing is we're reading a description of Jesus. So when I read all those descriptions, that is a picture of Jesus. That's a picture of love, and that's a picture that you and I can expect and ask and, and desire to walk in and to function in. Love. Last week, I, I was telling you that I was going to go to Value Village and get, you know, a long wig and a, a brown suede jacket with strings on it and bell bottoms. Because when you think of love, you think of the 60s and the 70s and the love, you know, the, the, love, the love people. But I didn't go, as you can tell, I didn't go. Partly because I don't know if I could wear that stuff. It might be itchy. But love. There's probably been more songs written about love than about any other subject. You know, crazy little thing called love. All these songs, love songs. <laughs> you want to you wanna listen, hear a lot of love songs? You listen to cowboy songs, western songs, and they're all about heartbreak and love heartbreak. You know, what is it? It's all about, why? Because love is an emotion that is so powerful, it will move people. If you can tap into connecting with someone via love, you will connect with them and you will get them to do things. And that's basically what the music industry has done. And they have learned people are crying out for love. People are crying out for love. They don't care, they don't care about money if they can get love. Somebody to love them and accept them, they are happy. And yet, for some reason, and I put myself in this group, love somehow eludes. I was in the mall a couple weeks ago, and I saw somebody walking through, and the first thing I did was I assessed them and I judged them instead of loving them. I'm guilty. When I read the stories of Jesus, what I find what he does is it says he, he looked at the people and he had compassion. And compassion basically is love causing you to do something. It's got passion in it. 
So I'm expecting this next month to grow in God's love. I'm expecting solid rock to grow in God's love. I'm expecting every one of you to experience God's love in a greater way, personally, but also to give it to someone. I'm not expecting it to be perfect. I'm not expecting you to be perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm expecting some of us to make mistakes. Okay? But you'll never make a mistake if you don't try. You'll never, you'll never get ahead if you don't try. So, um, you know how I love, I love talking about shadows? So I've been, I've been asking God to, to have a miracle by my shadow because I saw Peter do it in the, in the New Testament. So when I ride my bike and if the sun is shining, which that's usually the only time I like to ride my bike, um, I will pass somebody and I will sometimes raise my hand. And they don't have a clue because I'm riding fast and I'm trying to get away. But <laughs> so it happened again to me this past... Actually, I'll, I'll share with you about expressing God's love. I was going to a meeting a couple weeks ago and I turned the corner and I got to a corner and I saw a guy sitting down against a wall and he had his pant leg rolled up and he was doing a tensing tensor bandage on his knee so the spirit of discernment came upon me and I thought he's got a sore knee sometimes you know God can give you a word of knowledge real easy and that's what he did for me I was turning right and I actually stopped and I turned left and I was on Huntington and I pulled out, and the guy knew something was up because he saw me kind of turn the vehicle funny, and I pulled out, and it's a busy road, and I stopped, and I rolled down my window and said, how you doing? And he goes, oh, okay. And me being cheeky as I am, I said, well, it doesn't look like you're doing okay. I mean, he's bandaging up his leg. I mean, I says, it looks like you got a sore knee. Yeah, yeah. I said, can I pray for you? I freaked myself out. Okay? Can I be honest with you? I don't walk around doing this every day. Not like Brother John. I'm going to get better at it. But you'll never get something if you never do something. Okay? So with love, you'll never experience love. You'll never experience the goodness of God if you don't start becoming a distributor of it. So he said, sure. I mean, I don't know if they really think they can say no at that point. (laughs) <laughs> so I jumped out of the car, carefully crossed the street, and uh, introduced myself. He gave me his name, and, and I prayed for him. I said, I believe in a God who can heal. This is, a, appreciate you letting me, this is, and I'm growing this, I'm learning. So I did it. I've never seen him since. I may not see him again. It's not about making connections and this and that. It's about sharing God's love. So then I go to Starbucks three days ago, and it was sunny out, and I'm in the drive-thru, and God must have been laughing, because I put my hand out the window trying to see where my shadow was going to hit on the window (laughs) at Starbucks, and this lady was giving me my coffee, or my drink, and I'm kind of like, 
the, the drink's right there. And I'm kind of going like, yeah. it missed her. I don't know what happened. I guess I didn't go at the right time. But you know, you'll never see a miracle. You'll never experience something if you don't go out doing something. So I want to give you a couple verses about love. Because love is the basis on how we do things. Love is the basis on how we function. Love is, is the root system for how we do things. It's all based on love. So if you can go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. And I want to read these few verses and I just want to take a couple moments and share with you some thoughts about these. I believe God's going to cause us to grow in His love. But in order to do that, we need to understand it. So that's why I read 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Timothy 1, verse 5. And I'm going to read it to you from the Message Bible because I just like the way it read. Maybe because it's simple and I'm simple. The whole point of what we're urging is simply love. This is Paul writing to Timothy. The whole point of what we're urging is simply love. Love uncontaminated by self-interest. Love that is uncontaminated by self-interest. Love that is uncontaminated by a counterfeit faith. A life open to God. What is love that we're experiencing? Love that is uncontaminated. It is pure. Have you ever had something that's contaminated? You take a glass of water and then it gets contaminated and you can't drink it. It's not right. It will cause you to get sick or ill. The love that we want to experience and the love that we want to show is a love that's pure. That is not contaminated. It's not contaminated by me. It's not contaminated by what I think. Because what I think sometimes has strings attached. I, I have strings attached to what I do at times. I'll do this if you. Love says, I'll do this because. Love does not say, well, what did you do for me? Love says, what can I do for you? It's uncontaminated. And Paul is writing, he says, and the whole point of this, is, says, I just simply want you to love. If we start from the basis of love, so many other things will be added. In 1 Corinthians 13, the last verse, it says, now, the, now abides faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. I think somehow we've gotten a message and we've got an understanding of faith and we've got an understanding of hope. But we don't necessarily have an understanding of love. Love that is uncontaminated. I want to read another verse to you and you can write this one down. I'll just read it to you. And it's from 1 John 3.18. If you want to read a book on, on love, read the books of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and even the, the Gospel of John. 
First John 3.18, again I'm reading it out of the Message Bible, and it says, My dear children, let's not just talk about love, let's practice real love. And in the, the Woost or the English Standard Version, it says, in the English Standard Version and even in the King James, very similar, it says, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Love is not talk. Love is not words. Love is action. They refer to it as love is a verb. So this next month, I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you to learn and to give room for love. Give room for something inside of you to cause you to maybe reach out to somebody in a way that you wouldn't have done before. Love simply... lit. It, it doesn't have to be complicated. I, I heard a report from a young man in this body this, this last week or two. I heard a report that one of the teachers came and talked to his mom and said, you know what he does? He opens the door for people. I said, well, what's the... People recognize something as simple as opening a door. People recognize something as simple as, can I help you up or down the stairs? Oh, come on, that's not love. Yes, it is. Don't, let's not overcomplicate it. Love is kind. Love is patient. Have you ever had to be patient with somebody? Wow. Wow. We've got an amazing opportunity this next month to show love. I'm going to close with one other story. Talking about the power of love. A number of years ago, 20 years ago, I was coaching a soccer team with my daughter. She was on the team. And it was a house team, just a regular team. So the expectations were down here. You know, not like a, a rep team. But, and I coached with another individual and, and he was on one side of the field and I was on the other side of the field. And I was on the side of the field where the parents were, and, and when we coached, we usually would take the kids on the other side so that we could be with the kids. So that particular game, he had them on the other side of the field, and I walked up and down the field with, you know, and so I'm hearing the parents. And I love this gentleman. And I could hear the parents, and they were getting upset. Because as a coach, we had certain expectations up here. And the kids were happy to be down here. And at the end of the game, you always shake hands with the other team. And, and as we're walking, he says, I'm going to talk to these parents. I'm going to set them straight. 
they've got to do this, this, this. And I said, you know what? Just relax. Don't do it today. It's okay. The kids had fun. He heeded my advice. He found out later how upset the parents were. Do you know, he still reminds me of that today. We'll sit down and have coffee, and he'll say, David, you saved me. I was going to make a fool out of myself. Sometimes love can be as simple as just putting the other person first. This next month, I'm expecting people to get saved. I'm expecting salvations to happen, lives to be transformed, and fountains to experience baptisms. I am expecting lives to be transformed by the power and love of God given and displayed and distributed through you. So I wanted this last couple weeks as we prepare to evangelize, let's not overcomplicate love. If I can say it as simple as, what would you want in that situation? What would you want if you're ready to go ream out a bunch of people and they're going to turn on you and do the same? What would you like in that situation? Would you like to be protected or would you like just to go into the wolves? If you've got a sore leg and you're sitting on the side of the road, what would you like? Would you like somebody, a stranger, a complete stranger, just to offer to pray for you or would you rather just deal with it on your own? What happens is when we put ourselves into that position, it changes the action that comes from within. This next month, I believe, is monumental. I'm excited. I'm freaked out. I'm excited. But there are kids, families, parents that are just craving for someone to love on them without any strings attached. Just to smile. Just to say good morning. Simply love, as Paul says in 1 Timothy. Not with counterfeit, not with an agenda but just to share God's love. That's what's going to happen this month. I believe it's going to start and it's going to continue and it's going to grow. So I want to encourage you to open yourself up to God's love. This Tuesday night, everyone is welcome to come. You are all welcome to come, 7 o'clock Right now, we're planning on having it upstairs. If we get too many people, we can have it in here. Amen? If you want to learn and grow a little bit and, and, and just say, I, I'd like to understand it a bit more, a great opportunity, a great opportunity, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Thursday night again, a little more practical, a little more active. 
because we're going to start to show God's love in Abbotsford, but it's not going to stop here. It's going to go across this nation, across this country. Amen? Love. We're going to take the territory of love this week and this month. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we're going to spend some time fellowshipping around the table with our brothers and our sisters. Pray you bless the food that we partake. Lord, that we would start to exhibit even now and practice showing love one to another. Lord, I pray a blessing over all of the congregation here today. Those that aren't here that may not be well, we speak health. Lord, I know there's a few that are traveling on missions. My brother Stephen John, my nephew Brandon. Lord, I pray a blessing upon them. Lord, for Pastor Nelson and Gary Payne as they travel and prepare do their last set of meetings, I pray a blessing upon them. Be with them. Strengthen them. Give us a good afternoon in your precious name. Everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Got soup is on, so please.